What's up? How's it going? Uh, you know, pretty good. Um, I got horribly sunburned from a trip to a uh, to a lake yesterday. Um, oh fuck! I uh, 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 my my lack of melanin is uh, is is destroying me right now. Damn, bro. I'm I'm feeling like a lobster. Um, I'm itchy all over. Uh, I'm a little afraid of seeing the sun. I'll be honest, but I'm alive. That's good. That's good. You know, um, this the you know the sun is a it's a deadly laser. People tend to forget yeah, it's that. a giant deadly laser, and and I've got and I got radiation poisoning from it. Uh, well, it's you know thirty thousand Chernobyl level events all happening at once. You know, I feel like Prob- the, probably the sun is more like. 30 million, 30 million or 30 billion I mean, of all happening at once. Uh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> as long Enough as they, this. Uh, once, uh, once they close that waste and term and pilot plant, you know, it's going to be all over. Right. It's all right. over. Right. Um, I'm going to my first COVID post COVID concert on Tuesday. First COVID concert. All yeah, right. Man. I'm going with my what mama. My mom and I are gonna go see Dave Matthews Band again. Aha! Uh-huh. It's it's poetic, you know. Like Dave you know, Matthews Band was your first concert, and now it's your first concert after COVID, right? Yeah. Uh, no, actually, Huey Lewis and the News was my first concert. Uh-huh. So. You know, the early no, albums were shut a little up. Too- <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Okay. Right, right. Shut up! <laughs> shut up! Uh- <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, right. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Anyway, okay. Cool. So we got a cool episode for you guys today here on the frown, <laughs> the room of the frown, the room where we, the frown uh, happened. A little, little something we like to call three for three. Is that what we're gonna call it? I guess that's what we're, we're gonna call it. I mean, week. why, why would you not call it three for three? It's perfect. Uh, people don't know what three for three is. That's well. Why. Well, let's tell them what it is. It's no, where I picked out them. three albums for Banks. Uh, to listen to over this last week, and uh, Banks picked out three albums for me to listen to, uh, and we did it pretty much at random. I uh, I basically looked through my music library. I I went on shuffle uh, through my entire music library and landed on three random albums, and Banks did the same thing, um, and we had to listen to them and sort of review them over this last week, and uh, now we're going to give our thoughts. So. It truly is three for three. Yeah, <laughs> three for three, which is a reference to a record I made. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, I, w- I want to go first. <laughs> yeah, please. Or how how are we gonna do this? Should however we, however you want to do it. Do we um, want to go first? Do we want to do each one of us goes like I'll go and then you go and then or do you want me do I'll do one and then you do one and then whatever. I feel like it'd be easier if. Just one of us went at a time, and we just talked yeah. about it. And then yeah, we I mean, it person. would probably be good if, if one of us went at a time. Um, if you want to go first, that's fine. Um, okay, so I'll go first, and yeah, I'll talk. Go ab- first, I'm going to talk about. Um, so, th- so I listened to these three records. There was one that I really liked. There was one that I liked, but probably not enough to listen to a lot. And then there was one that I didn't like at all. So oh, okay, uh, all right. So this is interesting. A mixed bag. I'm gonna start with the one that I have a 
medium, sort of a medium opinion. All right, on, start you know? with the lukewarm one. Start. Okay. We're gonna start in the middle. I don't want to, you know, right. I don't want to come out of the gate with negativity or anything. Of course, of course. Save so, the best for last. So let's say I have a. Uh, so the one I listened to that had that I sort of had the medium opinion, the medium a medium opinion on is the album, Wishful Lotus Proof by I guess his name is Jakub Zitecki. Yeah, Polish, yeah, Polish, Polish uh, gent guy. Yeah, um, you know, you know, this album wasn't the most inventive, you know, of that genty prog, you know, modern sound sort of thing right. that I ever heard in my whole life. But I can't yeah. say I disliked it or anything. I mean, I like this style right. in general, you know. Um, yeah. Sometimes I think I'm getting a little sick of it, but, you know, I hear a record right. like this, and it's like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I saw that he had some a newer record. I might check that out, see if yeah. I like it a little bit more. But this one is fine. was fine, you know. Um, yeah. I enjoyed listening to it. I liked – there were a lot of features on here. Misha oh, yeah. from Periphery's on there. Pliny's on there. So, yeah. you know, he's got – you know, he's got all the heavy hitters. Right, um, right. And it was yeah. a so- it was a solid record. You know, I enjoyed it. 2015 came out in 2015. I think it was his first record uh, yeah. pretty much. I didn't yeah. do a lot of research about the guy other than looking at his band camp to see what else he had put out. Right. But um yeah, I just had like a pretty like positive like just like totally solid, you know, uh reaction to it, you know. There's yeah. Not, I can't say I have a whole bunch to say about it. I really liked I pretty much all the songs I liked were the ones that had features, especially the one that had, um, especially track two, which had yeah, um, Satya's diary. That's Satya's that's diary. one of my favorites on this record, honestly. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed there's it. There's something about the way he mixes. There's that really kind of bassy low tone, um, and just there's that kind of ambience that goes along with it on this track. Um, I don't know. It it just has a it ha- it also has like at the same time a very fun like bounce to it. It's Piotr Piotr Gibner. Um, I'm trying to remember who that. Um, Cause that's the that's the guest guy. Um, I I've only ever seen him with the Jakub Zitecki. Um, yeah, he's a he's a one man band guy. Just one of those Polish those Polish fellas that are doing these these. One man gent projects nowadays. Yeah, and it's cool, you know. That's a, it's like what I do, except I don't do. I'm not really a gent guy, but yeah, yeah. Um, production values were great, you know. Definitely, yeah. You can tell he had some, probably had some help from you know all those gent guys. You know, those guys just they really know how to get the fucking their shit to sound good. Yeah. Know? Um, and it it certainly helps that he had so many so many of the heavy hitters from the genre on this album. Like David Max and Mishik was on this album. Um, Pliny obviously was on the that song Run. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a Misha Mansoor. I mean, you get Misha Mansoor on it. Like that was a that's kind of a big one. Yeah, that's a big get, you know. Yeah, this this guy clearly has some sort of pull that he's able to get a lot of these big people but yeah i think for me it's always been kind of a middle of the road like i'll put this on when i'm kind of feeling that style sort of sound um, and and some of the riffs i i do like they have that i don't know like the kind of jazzy almost like math rock quality yeah on this record. yeah definitely i don't even know what you call that style i feel like that style hasn't really been named yet right like especially on the song run 
like yeah has, yeah yeah for it's sure. like almost like bluesy like jazz it's almost like i almost think of it as like a jazz like jazz fusion almost right it's like it's not really like metal it's not coming from metal it's more like right coming from like alan holdsworth or, or like that kind of like mahavish new orchestra john mclaughlin kind of thing right or whatever right yeah yeah, and I, you know what, I always like, I always like listening to records where they have that kind of riffing style on them. I, I always, I always dig that. Um, I like mm-hmm. that. This album does that and also has vocals though. Yeah, yeah, on uh, some of the tracks, not all the tracks. Not on all of the tracks, but like at least some of the tracks had vocals, <laughs> and and it's like, I hear a lot of bands that do that style, but of riffs but like don't have vocals ever and it's like i i get it i appreciate it you know animals as leaders is a great band Pliny's great you know all these bands are great um but i i i want to hear a band that does that but makes like songs with vocals on them essentially because the song always feels a bit more complete to me with with vocals you know i like an instrumental track every once in a while but yeah, and especially a lot of these tracks, these instrumental tracks, it's hard to kind of track the the through line of the composition, at least for me, you know, without yeah. some kind of, like, vocal melody or something. Like, yeah. Because a lot yeah. of these guitar melodies are not very, like, they're, they sound more like improvisations than, um, you know, melodic lines. Right, right, right. And and having something that sort of centers them, like... Like having vocals um, oftentimes really helps with that for me uh, personally, which is like kind of one of the reasons I, I've never been like super into bands like Animals as Leaders, despite, you know, obviously they're an extremely important band and, and everyone from that band is extremely talented. Um, no doubt about it. It's just like... <sighs> without that extra little thing there it's it's just it's hard for me to really get super into it you know yeah and i mean you know it's not even even if you have a really technical piece of music i think having a singer on it really injects some humanity to it and i think that was right that was what i always never understood about people who dislike dream theater is when they would say oh it's all like uh it's all like oh all they do is like wank on their instruments or whatever it's like well yeah, but I mean, uh, they have yeah. a singer who has a very, you know, warm and kind of welcoming voice. Right, know? right. It's like, I are you are you forgetting that James Labrie exists? You know, and then I'd be like, what? what have you heard songs like, uh, you know, uh, through her eyes? You know, it's a beautiful song. Have you ever heard right, a song right. like or Disappear? It's a beautiful song. Space divest. It's like these people. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, not to get off topic, but so right, yeah, right. this was the first record I listened to. Actually, no, it was the last one. I, this is the first one I'm talking about. It's the last one I listened to. Right, right, because it's a nice, nice middle-of-the-road album. Yeah, I, for me, I, I like this album because it, it has a lot of the qualities of those, those instrumental gent records, but it has, it has some songs with vocals on it, and, it, and it, they feel more like, like these are just songs that I can listen to. Um, yeah, definitely. So some of those other. So, but yeah, I'll, overall, I, I pretty much agree with that assessment. All right, I think, how about you do one of yours now? Okay, uh, so I'm going to talk about Chad LB and Sonic Magic. Okay, cool. 2019 self-titled record. So for those of you who don't know, Chad LB and Sonic Magic, this is a this is a basically a jazz record. It's, it it's is, kind of it's like definitely. a pop jazz record. It's like almost like smooth jazz. People, people might call it smooth jazz or modern jazz. 
But this is a yeah. jazz record, so this is uh, the, I guess we should have mentioned I should have mentioned this, but all three of the ones that I picked for Doug are really on the outside of the metal sphere. Yeah, they're definitely not metal albums, but um, I. I, I think this is interesting to talk about either way because I, I was going a little bit out of my depth with this record. Um, but I, I, I did have something to say. Um, you know, I actually, I actually enjoyed this one. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, like you said, the, the whole record feels very like contemporary was what I'd say. Um, obviously, there was, there was a lot of like improvisational, like especially on the piano and saxophone parts, there was a lot of interesting like improvisational stuff going on but all of like the all of the grooves for the song like the bass and the drum parts had this very um i don't know how to say like it's very like poppy um, yeah it's like pop that funk neo soul r&b you know yeah yeah and so there was a very there was a very um grounded i don't want to say simple but it was a it was an accessible sort of uh uh kind of uh, basis for the melodies in the songs. Um, I don't know why. Um, this is a weird note I had about it. it. It made me think of New York City. Like when you think of like New York City backdrops and like talk shows or something. Like I always, I always think of this music. I think of like, oh, this is like New York City. This is a big city at night. Well, they are. Well, I'll, I'm pretty sure this album was recorded in New York, and oh, Chad L.B. is well, from there New you York. Go. <laughs> Chad, Chad L.B., for those of you who, who don't know Chad L.B., which I guess is probably everybody, actually. Yeah. Give, us a, give us a primer on him. Chad, Chad L.B. is one of the young, probably one of the youngest major saxophonists right now. He's really the first guy to come out of the like millennial generation as a saxophonist and really have like be able to establish himself as a as a solo artist and a, right. as as a sort of a figure in jazz. And yeah. a lot of that is through his his presence as an internet personality basically. Oh, I didn't know this. He is, you know, he is a he's a YouTube he's a YouTuber. Oh. Uh, he has okay. most of his videos are jazz instructional videos basically. Oh. Um, but he's got a big presence on social media, on Instagram, um, and he has, okay. you know, like I said, a YouTube library with tons of videos about, you know, any kind of aspect of jazz improvisation you can imagine. And then he ha- he also has a um, a uh, a, we- a teaching website and all this all this stuff. So he yeah. is pretty prolific when it comes to like sort of the online content. And that's where I heard of. That's where I found him. That's where a lot of people found him. He really, okay. I would say, in two thousand eighteen, two thousand seventeen is when he started to kind of blow up. Yeah, and okay. I have here's another story. I've actually met Chad Albee. Oh, okay. So we got frown room connection here. Sort of, yeah. I met him twice at the same event, basically. Okay. In twenty nineteen, okay. um, I went to a saxophone. I think it's the North American Saxophone Alliance Conference in Oxford, yeah. Mississippi, at Old Miss. Okay. And Chad LB was one of the guest clinicians there. He was going to come and he was going to perform with a, like a student combo or whatever, and do oh. a clinic and then play with the big band. Basically, he was a guest artist. Oh, and, cool. Um, yeah, so we got to have like a you know, anyone who was interested could come to the session and ask questions. And uh, afterwards, I got uh, actually got a picture with him. So yeah, there's a I got a picture of me and Chad, sweetest guy you'll ever meet, cool. you know, um, and he, you know 
hearing his sound in person on that saxophone was like fucking incredible. He just yeah. filled up the room, you know, it's just like huge. Right. But um Yeah. But anyway, listening listening to his thoughts. his like saxophone, I'm assuming a lot of the stuff was like improvisation stuff um on yeah. this record. Yeah, I know but. most of you know a lot of it's like, you know, they'll play the melody and then he'll right. improvise. Right, right. Cuz there was there was always like sort of a core melody to each song and then then he would kind of go off into these improvisational parts. Um, but it was all sort of over that very, um, like a, it was a very, it's a very accessible record, I would say, for people trying to get into like that kind of free jazz. Because like the, the, I would say like the melodic progressions of the songs all stay very grounded and um, some comfortable, at least for me, like some very comfortable kind of like modern um, sort of pop uh, chord progressions instead of melodies. Um, but he's he certainly man he really he goes some crazy places um yeah definitely i mean chad is very much in the modern school of like um guys like michael brecker who right. were big up big in the eight seventies 70s and 80s who were really technical players like really had strong facility and chad is another right. one of those guys right right but it, it it definitely feels like he's trying to bring um, like a lot of that free jazz stuff more into like a, a modern context, I suppose. Well, I don't know about free jazz. Or not free jazz, sorry. Just like the, he's, he's trying to make a very contemporary sounding jazz record. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was like some of the grooves on, on this album almost made me think of like like some prog rock or, or like almost prog metal kind of stuff. I knew you um, were going to say that. I was hoping yeah, you would say that. Because I would it's, say it's true. the songs... I, I most got that from were Push. Um, I would say uh, Recovery had some some echoes of that. Um, <clears throat> there was there was a there was some some that had a very like very emotional uh, quality to it. I really liked uh, What Remains and uh, Never Enough. Those ones they had that that really big epic sort of ballad feel to it um the drumming on what remains was just really the song what remains on this record it had some insane like just powerful like drum parts on it um i really like that there's a couple songs i thought were interesting where he did he did some like singing with like a talk box yeah i love those i love those were pretty cool i love his take on the the sort of the jazz standard my funny valentine yeah, and my funny it, Valentine was cool. I think it was really when I first heard that, because before this record came out, he put he put up a lot of there's a lot of videos of them playing these songs like in studio videos basically. Right. And um, when I saw this one, man, I was like, shit, this is amazing, because <laughs> that's one yeah, of my favorite. Yeah, my funny Valentine was one of my favorites from this record actually. That's always been one of my favorite standards, and it's yeah. you know a very popular one. Miles Davis famously performed that one. Uh, oh, he's, so. Yeah. This is like a classic jazz standard, but but yep. updated with a more reimagined. Modern... Wow. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what he would do is he would do a use a vocoder. He'd sing through the vocoder, right? And he would play. He was also playing using it. What is what we call uh, called an iwi or electric wind instrument to okay. like play certain things and sing at the same time. It's really cool. Kind of fascinating. Okay. Um, yeah, because uh, around two thirty in this song, I was noticing that where there was like, is he playing like a flute, uh, 
like but synthesized yeah. or something like it there's was definitely crazy. a couple there's definitely a couple parts where his fingers go where his like mouth can't go you know because it's really fast and you kind of right, notice right. it because it's like the 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 synth starts to uh, stick out a little bit more right but, um, yeah i thought that was so cool uh it's funny because like the songs where you hear the vocoder talk box parts um the songs where those are featured prominently i i you know when i when i looked at those songs on youtube those songs for some reason had a disproportionate amount of dislikes on them which i thought was very strange because those were some of my favorites yeah you know jazz fa- jazz musicians don't like new stuff you know oh okay it was it was the old jazz purists being like jazz i don't police. like this 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 modern production stuff yeah and you know i don't like a lot of modern jazz to be honest there's a lot of it you know i appreciate it and i think the people who are making it are fucking incredible but so many times people will show me things and i just can't get into it but stuff like stuff like this i i like because i think it captures the spirit of of the of jazz you know the jazz of yore because right when guys like Coltrane and Miles Davis and and Sonny Rollins and Charlie Parker were coming up and when they were when their music was sort of the dominant zeitgeist at the time they right. were playing music that sounded like the popular music of the day right and for right. some fucking reason jazz musicians have forgotten this and right. um you know obviously i think it's great that jazz musician jazz has been sort of preserved in a way as like an art form and it's still right. kept its identity but i also think that's part of a problem is that like Anytime right. anybody tries to do anything that sounds contemporary, and this is a battle that's been going on since the 70s, you know, right. with jazz fusion right. and then with sort of smooth jazz, you know, in the 80s. Right. People like David Sanborn were very derided by the jazz community. And then this right. is just another thing where it's like, you know, it's it's contemporary. It uses modern grooves. It uses modern sounds. It uses yeah. modern language. And I think yeah. it's great. And I think this is the type of stuff that, you know, people should be doing if if we want to keep this music alive and sort of in the public consciousness yeah i thought i thought this one was great um i would definitely recommend if anyone's trying to get into jazz music if anyone wants to like hear something that that really captures what you're going to get out of jazz music but has a very nice contemporary feeling to it um that feels it doesn't feel antiquated in any way it 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 feels like something um made you know in our modern context um i would definitely recommend this one you know it's yeah definitely and it's still connected to you know the tradition because the way that chad plays is very much like you know in the tradition of great saxophonists you know he plays you know stuff from coltrane sonny rollins michael brecker yeah hank mobley all the fucking guys that i had to study in college (laughs) yeah yeah i could this is definitely one that i can kind of see myself going back and listening to again um so yes thumbs up on this one um now uh back to you banks okay i'm gonna do my second one okay okay is this the one you love or you hate uh i won't say yet okay i'm just gonna say the one i listened to and then say my opinion okay okay so this was the first one i listened to okay and this is the album i've already forgotten the name of it that might actually uh, oh that's not a good sign uh uh, that might actually tell you what my opinion was. Yeah, I uh, think you've already... Elements of the Infinite by Allegion. Okay, all right. So this is a band I was familiar with a long time ago, sort of when they right. were new. We we listened to them back in 2011 a fair bit. Yeah, or, or a little bit, I remember. Or I guess I guess not a fair bit, but a little. 
Like, yeah. yeah, I remember when they're. I think they put an album in 2012 out. Uh, I want to say they put one out 2010. Form shifter, yeah, form, form shifter. shifter. I remember form listening shifter. to it and thinking, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, basically. And I li- I listened to this record and I thought, yeah, I just I just don't want to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of just sorry. <laughs> I was just kind of like, you know, I appreciate this. These guys are doing great stuff here, but I just am not really into this style of metal anymore. I don't think, you know, I think, I don't know, you know, this is, I guess what you would call this, like, it's like kind of like death metal, technical death metal, but with like a melodic edge, you know, right? Right. Yeah. It's like sort of, it's like melodic technical death metal. And, and, and to be fair, you know, this was one that I had, I, I don't remember when this album was released, but like 2014. 2014 yeah i don't know why i have it like i think i i think i got it from someone or i just downloaded like i don't know i just i barely listen to this record ever i think my problem with it is uh it doesn't you know i don't think it really goes hard enough in either direction i don't think it's melodic enough and i don't think it's technical enough right like i feel like if i listen i feel like if i listen if I sat down and listened to like a real, real tech death, like if I listened to Rings of Saturn, you know, right, I'd right. be like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. You know, maybe right. I wouldn't listen to it a bunch, but I would definitely be able to like feel the energy that they're trying to put through in the music right. and it would communicate to me. Or if I right. listen to a, you know, plenty of melodic death metal that I like, that's even more on the extreme side, you know, so like, yeah, you don't even have to go there, you know. And with yeah. this band, it just like, it doesn't, ha- the music doesn't really have any personality. It just, I just yeah. I listened to five songs, five or six songs, and I was like, you know what? I don't know what any of these songs have sounded like. And then I just I just <laughs> like you know what? I, I think Fuck it's it. fine. I think it's fine. You know, it's it's a fine record. I'm sure people yeah. love it, but it's not my thing. And I just you know I said you know what? It's okay. I'm just gonna put it away. So yeah. I didn't even yeah. finish it. <laughs> that is that's completely fair assessment of that album. <laughs> you know, it's one of those ones where I don't. I don't go out of my way to listen to it ever. I'll I'll listen to it if it comes up on shuffle, essentially. Um, you know, it's one of those ones where, like, I never go out of my way to listen to this band, but I just happen to have some of their albums lying around there. So it's it's it it came up on shuffle, and you know the algorithm said this is what you got to listen to. But you know, if I had a choice, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't make anyone talk about this band just because they're not a band that I can really honestly, I couldn't go into them. Like they're so boilerplate and everything they do that it, 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 I, yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't force myself to do a review on this band. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, um, I was curious for an outside perspective. <laughs> they released, they've released, you know, a few records since then. Yeah. Um, and I know I, apparently they've done some, uh, they've done some, some covers, you know, since then, like they covered the song R- subdivisions by rush. By rush. Yeah. And apparently they've cool. added like clean vocals to their music, which might be interesting to hear. Maybe that'll make it better. But I like I'm uh, Bjorn Strid is a guest vocalist on their 2016 album Profit. Yeah, I, I listened. That song was cool, but that was like the only song I listened to from that record. Yeah, so it's like 
I'm sure it's fine. Like I'm not really. Yeah. I don't have. Any, I'm not. I'm not ish, w- wishing anybody who likes this music any ill will or or the band itself. <laughs> it just didn't really connect with me on any way at yeah. all. In fact, it made me th- kind of annoyed to listen to because right. because I was annoyed at how bored I was. I was mostly annoyed at my annoyed at myself. You know, it's like I was right. like God. Why am I so bored? This music's like definitely cool, but it's like yeah. whatever. Ah oh, well. Yeah. Not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> basically yeah it's it's yeah not really much else to say not about much that. to say about it you know it's <laughs> that's, just like that's the problem it's there it is you can't say much about it yeah so yeah okay, there's let's that move one. on to something more interesting <laughs> yeah i want to hear what you have to say about um all right it's coming next well what's coming next is angels and airwaves love part one. Oh boy so, this is an this is this is interesting so Angels and Airwaves is a uh, they're a pop punk band. Um, they I, uh, when were they most prominent? Banks. Uh, well, you was know, it early two thousands because that's the impression I got from this record. But so Angels and Airwaves is the project of the frontman. I guess I guess he's still the frontman of Blink Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, this singer sounds very familiar. Yeah. So. I think he left Blink-182 for a while in, like, the mid to late 2000s. Their first record is 2006. Love okay. Part 1 is 2011, I believe. Okay, all right. So this so, was this was kind of after the heyday of pop punk. Yeah, so their style is definitely... I don't know if I would call them pop punk entirely. They definitely they're have... They're like post-pop punk. They're, yeah, they <laughs> have, like... They're kind of like alternative rock, like... Yeah. Po- post... Their new record... I have it... Apparently, they're actually put, are about to put out a new record... And on, yeah. Wiki- on Wikipedia, it just says post-punk for that one, which is interesting. But yeah, uh, I mean, I would, I, I mean, you could, I guess you could argue this is sort of post-punk, um, this record, because uh, it was, it was interesting. Like, obviously, it had a lot of the tropes of, of a, of, of a pop-punk record from the early two thousands. You know, if you have the singer of Blink One Eighty Two, it's going to sound like that to a certain extent. You know, but. I would say that there was there was a fair bit that really set this apart. Yeah, um, just, just to cut in real quick, Wikipedia yeah. refers to this album as uh, space rock, alternative okay. rock, and progressive rock. So it's like, all right, that well, makes sense I to me. I think those could be applied to this. Um, I would I would argue that there is definitely elements of like progressive rock and and like some some very like spacey stuff going on in this record. Um, ultimately, one of the things that stood out to me the most was there's this very, um, like, kind of ethereal atmosphere to the record, which I, I, you know, you don't go into anything that, like, it that you're sort of expecting, like, oh, this is sort of a, a pop punk kind of band, or, like, a, tangentially related to that genre, and then hearing, like, oh, this is kind of psychedelic, like, space rock kind of, uh, like it, it definitely reminded me of some of the atmospheres of of like some post rock records that I've listened to, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, and they have a a lot of these songs are like, they might have long intros or they might have like these outros that are like a couple minutes of ambience, you know. Right. And you right. know the songs kind of lead into each other, you know. Right. Um, yeah, there was definitely some interesting stuff like that where, um, just the general like atmosphere going on was just this this it had this ethereal quality you know what i one of the big notes i had about this record was this feels like 
if I were in a, some weird like dream state and thinking about pop punk music, <laughs> if I had a like, dream of what a pop punk album, it's like would a sound dream like. state, like <laughs> looking at some weird like nostalgia filtered, bizarre, uh, cloudy memory of of a pop punk record. This is what I imagined <laughs> it would be. Like, it's like the ghost of a pop punk record. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's the ghost of the pop punk. It's a record. hauntological pop punk record. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. like, and, and it's interesting though, cause like the fact that it had that quality to it almost made the album feel more nostalgic as a result. Like, oh yeah. There was, there was a certain like, nostalgia you get listening to this album just because it feels it feels like it's wow this is some weird reflective like ghost of of that style and so i thought it was interesting actually um yeah i, I love this album <laughs> i yeah. love it i really I, like the song epic holiday on the song uh, album. that's a great one yeah um, that one was my favorite i'd say I love yeah, um, I love this record. I've been listening to this record since I was in high school, I believe, since I was a junior. Yeah. Um, and I discovered it. It's kind of I guess this is serendipitous in a way. I discovered this record at a time when I was um pretty much about to enter a relationship with this girl who I was friends with. And you know, we were right. we were beginning to get very close and like the, the the feelings were, you know, fluttering in the air or whatever. And I was listening to this album a lot. Um Yeah. Especially the song, this album and their album, I Empire, which I also really like. And right. this album, especially the song Shove, was really, you know, dominating my listening at the time. So much so that I even I even had right. this album on CD somewhere. I actually have a double CD where, where it has Love Part 1 and Part 2, you know, so it's like. Oh, it was, so was this like a double album with, with the other one or is it just. Pretty like... much, yeah. Um, okay. The second album is cool. I don't think I like it as much, but it's got a couple cool songs on it. I think the first one is a little stronger, but right, it's still pretty well, good. Yeah, it's a very like it was a very novel kind of concept for an album like this. Very, um, like the post rock atmosphere mixed with like the 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 frenetic bounciness and and, and energy of pop punk. Um, which, like in our current cultural zeitgeist, pop punk in and of itself is sort of it's sort of a nostalgic sound for these bygone years of the two thousands, at least for I suppose for those who grew up in it. Um, and it's interesting where something can have this that dreamlike quality that only that only kind of drives that feeling home. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like this this synthwave thing. Um, or the vaporwave thing, but for the early 2000s instead of for the 80s, you know? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thought. I've never thought about it that way, but it's you're kind of right, you know, in a way. It's, um, and it's funny. This record is. Um, I don't think people. I don't really ever. I'm not. Maybe I'm not in the right circles. I'll never hear people talk about this band. But um, this record is definitely one of those ones where you know, for my music, this is like part of the ideal for me where it's like right this production style and this atmosphere and this style of vocal and guitar playing it's like part of what i perceive to be my like goal for like some of the music that i make not all of it but some of it like falls would fall into like a subset that is really very much related to this and inspired by it yeah yeah 
No, and I, I there are some songs that definitely really stood out to me. E- Epic Holiday, especially on this record, was uh, something that just it was like, wow, this is pretty impressive stuff. Where it has that, there's that kind of mid-tempo guitar line with that beautiful synth wave over it. It just was, it just washes over you, you know. Um, it, <laughs> it's funny. I was telling, I was, I was, I was telling my girlfriend about about this um i'm like i'm listening to this she's like oh yeah blink 182 slowed down i'm like what (laughs) that was her first reaction she she she's a fan of that that kind of stuff in general though so um i was i was telling her about that and i was like oh she was very surprised i was listening to one of those records yeah by Uh, accident it was totally random (laughs) (laughs) totally random um all right uh, I think that's pretty much all I have to say on on uh, Angels and Airwaves. Um, I would definitely recommend this this album. Like, if you want to hear, it's just it's just such an interesting experience hearing it. Um, and it's like if you if you want to hear just a very interesting take on that sort of style. Um, especially if you grew up, I would say if you grew up in the early two thousands and you kind of grew up with with this kind of music when it was popular, you know, when bands like Fall Out Boy or, 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 you know, Hawthorne Heights or some 41 or whatever, when it, all that stuff was popular, um, listening to something like this is a really interesting experience, I think. So that's what I would, uh, that's, that's my verdict on Angels and Airwaves Love Part One. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So la- back to you. My last record. <laughs> Um, yeah, the last one I'll ever listen to. No, I'm just kidding. It was the album <laughs> Inner Lies. I don't know. After that Allegiant album, you... <laughs> uh, after so this is the album Inner Lies by Silent Clash. All right, here we go. I really liked this album. <laughs> oh, this album was so much fun to listen to. I haven't oh, yeah. really like dug into it. I want to go back and listen to it a little bit more. Unfortunately, the production on it is not great. No, um, no, it's not. It's got some real problems. It's kind of like not super pleasant to listen to sonically, which is yeah. a shame because it's ba- basically it's like a, it's a it's a prog power record essentially, you know. Right. Um, right. In the style of you know bands that I like, you know, like Terra Maze and Anubisgate, but it's also got you know the the Dream Theater and the Haken elements in there too, with right. some occasionally some harsh vocals sp- uh, sprinkled in there. So it's like. You get a little bit of everything, um, yeah. but unfortunately, it's not produced super well. So it's not, like not always. So it's kind of hard to listen to some of it. But yeah. man, just so much fun to listen to this. Man, it made me a little nostalgic yeah. listening to it. Actually, I was like, man, this is like hearing Dream Theater. You know, when I was a kid. You know, it's like this is awesome. You know, right, right. Yeah, it is a shame. It is the debut album by this band. So. Um, and this was 2018, so they're they're pretty new. Um, this is still a pretty small band, um, Silent Clash. They're they're uh, from Montreal. M- yep, prog power band from Montreal. Um, and I I would hope that on their next records they get a better producer, like tap Jacob Hansen or something. But, if they had Jacob Hansen, dude, Jacob the Hansen would be the guy for them, right? Like, yeah. it would be perfect. It would be. Because they be. play that style, man. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like that band Dreamcatcher that never took off, you know? Right, right. 
I hope this band would take uh, catch on at some point, but yeah, it. I definitely agree. You know, the big the big problem I had with this record was the the rough sounding production, and yeah. that was really it. It's the songwriting is so tight on this album. Absolutely, um, and the vocals are great. Actually, I wanted to yeah. talk about the vocals because the vocals are kind of interesting. I think the vocal style is like. It's kind of in like a style that you don't really hear a lot anymore. Yeah. In a way, like I feel like a lot of modern prog now is kind of going like a lot of the modern prog singers. Like whenever I hear a new band, it always has a more like it's. You can definitely tell that they're coming more from like alternative rock than they are from like old metal. You know, old school right. metal. Right. But but you know this guy, I don't know who the singer is of this band. But he has like totally he's like really got all that metal shit in his blood. You know, he's like, yeah, almost like he's got a little bit of like Jeff Tate, a little bit of that stuff. He's got a yeah. little bit, almost a little bit of World Dane at times, you know. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, definitely is the. Um, yeah. Kind of that kind of that classic kind of prog power sound. I I definitely was thinking, all right, this is this is very much. Um, a sort of a Nubiscate kind of kind of singer, kind of. Um, I was I was actually thinking of uh, Edu Falashi from Angra a bit when I listened to this guy. But um, a bit of James Labrie too. But uh, yeah, yeah. This is one of those ones that I wish I listened to it more. Um, I will say, um, for anyone interested in this record, uh, you can buy it on Bandcamp. Uh, it's name your price for the digital album. Um, so y- this is one you, that you can get for free. Um, but I highly recommend supporting the band. They're very, very new. Um, just some small band from Montreal, but um, boy, they have some talent, I'd say. Um, yeah, man. I Not a lot to say about it. Like I said, I haven't really dug, dug super deep into it, but I can tell I'm going to keep listening to this one. At least for yeah. you know a couple of weeks until I get bored of it. So yeah, yeah. there it is. You know, it's great. Yeah, incredibly I love competently executed prog power stuff. I would yeah, say. definitely. We'll be excited to hear where they go. You know. Yeah. Hopefully they stay together. Oh yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So, final record for the yeah, day. Fu- yeah. Uh, Don Caballero, American Dawn. Um, I have to admit. This is my least favorite of the three albums that I that I listened to. Damn, but I can't say I'm I didn't expect that necessarily. Yeah. I I you see I I mean, I don't I don't think it, it was one of those things where I I definitely see the merit of this album. Um I think there was some really interesting stuff going on. Like the guitar playing and the song composition is all like it's that math rock style. Oh, right? definitely. So it's 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 got some in, incredibly interesting like chord progressions going on um like it when you listen to mass rock don caballero is kind of one of the big people you think of from that j- genre like he he basically is like math rock personified or that band is math yeah rock personified, yeah you know in many ways yeah that's definitely true they're definitely one of the the, the bands from that genre i listen to the most I will right. say this album, American Dawn, is not my favorite by them. Right. Um, I like. I cu- there's a couple songs on it I really, really like, and there's a couple I'm kind of like, ah, oh, you know, it's all right. Like, 
I really love the song Details on How to Get Iceman on Your License Plate. I think that song is incredible. But yeah, other than that one and a couple others, there's not a l- as many songs on this one I like as some of their others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's it's one of those things where uh, we were talking about this earlier, but with a lot of gent bands, um, or like those those sort of genty esque bands like Pliny or whatever, um, I wish there was like a vocalist on it. Um, and this is definitely one of those bands where I feel like having like some vocals or something would have helped center the songs a bit more for me. I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to actually disagree with you there because I think I think this music the reason that this music works on other records of theirs without vocals is cuz usually I would say their songs like the album my favorite album by them right is What Burns Never Returns. And right. that album okay. I think actually has more accessible songs than than this one. Okay. Um, you might be inter- It might be worth checking that one out because I think okay. that one has more accessible songs. Okay. Yeah, and maybe I just need to listen to this this album a bit more. But it it I don't know. Like it it didn't work as well for me. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say I blame you because, like I said, that's uh, that album is uh, probably my third or fourth favorite by them. There's at least two or three records of the, theirs that I like better than that one. Although I still do right. like a number of songs on that one quite a bit. But but once again, you know, this is it's it's I can definitely tell like it's it's pretty superbly executed uh, math rock stuff. You know, um, just the the way like. I mean the the crazy tempo or uh, time signatures they're playing in, and the weird, the weird way the the bass and the guitar kind of interplay with each other with their with the weird melodies that they're playing at the same time. Um, it's a it's a certainly it's a technical feast to listen to. Um, what I like about their music is it actually reminds me of. A lot of the classical music I like, a lot of the modern classical oh. music I like. It reminds okay. me a lot of minimalism. Um, oh, okay. Especially on what Burns never returns, like okay. they'll just have these sections where they just kind of like loop an idea over and over and let it build, not yeah. in the same way that kind of like I I always look at Don, I always associate Don Caballero. I don't know if it's Caballero or De- Caballero. I've heard well, people see, the way the way I think of it is Caballero is the it's a Spanish word for night. Yeah, well, I just say that because I've heard people who were in the band refer to it both Caballero? ways as Caballero or Caballero. Oh, okay, maybe so. it's Caballero. I just I, I just think of the Spanish word. So most people just call him Don Cab, you know. Don um, Cab. And yeah, so what was I? Saying? I associate Don Cab Cab. I I associate Don Cab a lot with the post rock of the nineties. I associate them heavily oh. with bands like Slint and bands like Tortoise and bands like, um, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, um, I, can I can't think of another fun that. example, but you know, I think I, I, I noticed the, the kind of repeating motifs in this album as well. Like where, where you have like a, they'll, they'll do like a riff and they, and they, sort of continuously repeated there's almost like a trance-like state this album has to it um 
so I can see I can see where there would be sort of a parallel with post rock and and even with like contemporary classical stuff. Um, maybe I just need to be in the right mindset for it, and that could very well be the case. Like, I have to I have to sort of zone out and just let it wash over me a bit more. But a while for me to get into. Um, I mean, the first time I heard them, I heard I heard uh, one of their songs on. I think I saw like. Uh, what burns never returns on YouTube, right? As just like a full album upload, and I listened to a little bit of it, and I was like, "Yeah, this sounds pretty cool." It was back when I was into, um, you know, I also think this music really draws a lot from bands like King Crimson, where it's like, you know, the heavier aspect of like the prog rock from the '70s, where right, it's like really right. intense and really like, you know, more more complicated, a little bit more, um, a little bit more heady. Um, right. and, and so that's what kind of what led me to them. And also like stuff like Captain Beefheart. There's a little bit of a okay. Captain Beefheart vibe with these guys too. Yeah. You know, I could, I could hear that. The, what I was saying earlier with like the instruments sort of like interplaying with each other in a very weird way that did, did kind of remind me of some of the Captain Beefheart stuff I've heard where it, it almost feels like, like the bass and the guitar aren't playing at the same tempo or something. Um, yeah, that There's, happens a lot where you have these weird like phases in between the like you have a guitar playing one thing, a bass playing one thing, another guitar playing something else. Right. That's pretty right. common. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it certainly it created like a, a, a very like interesting, weird kind of harmony. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot to dig into in this music. And I think there's a lot you can look at. Um, I'm just I'm just not sure it really resonated with me. In the way I would say. One thing I what I should add, and this might this might actually this may help you out a little bit or not. Yeah. The yeah. secret of Don Cab is is not listening to necessarily what the instruments are doing together, but listening to what the what the bass and guitar are doing, and listen to how the drummer Damon Che, yeah, plays on top of that. Because okay. One thing that's very unique about the, about Don Cab, and this is something that a lot of people pick up on a lot of people say is that damon chase drumming is actually what is kind of the center stage of the music because they'll be okay. playing one of those loops and damon will just be going off and like he'll do he'll be playing stuff that's a little bit improvised or be playing like right. in another time signature over top of what they're doing and i think that's kind of what makes that interest music more interesting because otherwise oh. if you had them if you had the the, the drums like deadlock with what the um you know, it's not like like Gent where or like no. you know, it's not like a band like Meshuggah where like everything is like tight. Very you know, tight this is different. This yeah. is more like everybody is uh, uh, kind of doing their kind own of thing. Their own layer, and um, that's kind of the secret to it. When I when I started listening to the drums more than anything else, that is what like kind of sh- kind of helped communicate what the what the vibe of the music was for me. Especially, uh, okay. like I said, on albums like What Burns Never Returns and um, their album Don Caballero Two. Right. Um, that that one is uh, that one's pretty good too. So okay. so that's kind of what the deal with them is. It's definitely an acquired taste, but I'd say I'd probably say that they maybe not one of uh, maybe, my top maybe I'll have to give of, them more listen. You know, like it's it's a case of of having to really take some time to process it. You know. Yeah, it definitely takes time. I would say that the first time I heard them, I was not was was not like I was immediately smitten. You know. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I'll continue to listen to it. Um, Don Cab is definitely one of those bands where I think everyone kind of 
I mean, not everyone has. I think they they have a maybe a bit more popularity, at least in some circles. But, um, like I had heard of them before I listened to them at the very least, so it must mean something, right? Probably, probably from me talking about them. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe it's just that I've heard you talking about it. But yeah, Anyways. so yeah, there we go. Three for three. That was three pretty for cool. three. All three albums. Um. Is there any any thoughts we have in closing? Uh, you know, I think this was pretty cool. I think we should do it again. I liked that we I liked that we were kind of digging into different genres a little bit too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that was pretty cool. I think we should yeah. come back to that at some point. But we uh, certainly will. I but think, anyway, I think the next next time we'll try to make sure that that um some different genres are covered sort of on both sides. Cause I think that was, that was one of the fun things we did here going outside of our depths a little. Absolutely. Okay. So anyway, yeah, so everybody fa favorite of the three, I think for you, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. The, uh, the silent, cr silent clash. clash inner lies. Uh, inner I, lies. I would say for me, it was, uh, I would say Chad LB and Sonic magic. That's good. That's good. That's a good choice. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's it for the day. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. We'll be back with more great content. Yes. Content, yes. guys. Content. Woo! I love right. content. Yay. Stay Woo! proud of people. Okay, play the outro music. Thanks for listening to the Frown Room Podcast. Remember to follow Doug on Instagram at DougalVerseDraws and check out my music at BanksDaniels.Bandcamp.com and my project Ocean Skies at OceanSkies1.Bandcamp.com. Follow the Frown Room on Facebook to get any show updates and subscribe to the show on Spotify so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Stay frowning.